This week, I've got uh, some shout-outs to some great podcasters out there. A couple of throwbacks to my twisted little childhood. A very interesting game of dodgeball. And in the news, I've got two whores and a innocent little girl. And once again, my wife is joining me for a pre-recorded recommended listening for Hello from the Magic Tavern. Evening Hot Dot Out Podcast in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Welcome to the uh, Dad Out Podcast, where normal is not my specialty. If this is your first time listening, thank you. And this is just this show where I share my twisted little views of things and fun little personal stories and my general nerdery and make fun of a lot of shit in the news. And I always end the show with one of my recommended podcasts because I just want to share the love. So, like I said, I've got some... Remember how I've said, well, if it's your first time, you wouldn't remember, but for those of you who are repeat listeners, once again, thank you. Uh, But, uh, you know, I always say, if you leave me a review or you give me feedback, I will mention you on the show. And nobody has taken me up on this until, well, minus my my friend Mark from uh, The New Man. But somebody finally took me up on this. And so I want to give a big thanks to the guys, uh, Alex and Dimitri, from the Boondoggle podcast. Which, in a very similar vein, I would say it's almost like the kind of show that I started this off. Just kind of picking a topic. And, and talking about it. The difference being, there's two of them and one of me. So, they're having a conversation where I was just ranting. But, they're funny-ass guys. They're, it's, it's another one of those shows where I feel like there's just a couple of guys having a conversation that I would totally be in on. These are the kind of conversations you have with your friends. So, it's just a very natural, very comfortable uh, show. It's really cool. They're fun guys. So, Thank you once again to Alex and Dimitri. And if you are interested in checking them out, uh, it's the Boondoggle Podcast at I don't have the stupid thing in front of me. Um, <laughs> it's on. The, it's in the show notes, so you can check it out there, and you can read the iTunes review that they left for me because they're awesome. And I, I know I have a deep voice, generally speaking. Uh, but it was interesting that they they mentioned how how smooth and and mono, like uh, how do they put it? Let's let's look again. Da, 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 da. Calm voice can deter some yeah some people. Uh, not so high energy while still holding a lot more explicit themes. Yeah, that's me. I get I I don't know. Sometimes I get rowdy. Sometimes I don't. Uh, la la la. la. I'm reading. Can you tell I'm reading? Uh, (laughs) You can hear how genuine he is as a person, which helps the show a lot. Even after his personal story and progresses into the rest of the show, he still manages to make smooth transitions into the next topic or skit. I don't know about this. Sometimes I fumble over my ass, but thank you, guys. Uh, Definitely something to return to when you're in the mood for a podcast that feels like a soothing voice with no filter floating in your ears. 
I, I've never heard my voice described as soothing, but maybe I should ask my wife about that. I don't know. I think she gets a little tired of hearing my voice, but then again, we've been married for eight years, so I can't blame her there. Okay, and moving on, one of my favorite people in the whole podcasting world ever, uh, Emily from The Story Behind, because Emily is the most awesome person in the world. Not only did she, there was like a, I think it was a Stitcher, if you're familiar with Stitcher, the radio, Stitcher radio podcasting platform, uh, they kind of sent out a tweet asking for what are your most obscure podcasts that you know of? And of course, Emily comes back with, let's see, quote, uh, not sure about most obscure, but I love indie podcasts like the Epic Film Guys, Odd Dad Out, Words for Granted, uh, Non-Historians, Afterburn 739. I got included in a thing from Emily, who again, to me, is like the the mother of the Potter and family. Emily is just so awesome, and she does so much to share the love and spread the love to so many shows. And again, you know, epic film guys who are in, you know, right up there too. It's like, I just got mentioned in, you know, in the same tweet <laughs> as shows that I say are way above me. I'm, maybe I've got that, that, you know, okay, I've, I've definitely got that screaming imposter syndrome, but that I'm getting recognition from people that I feel are so much, so way above my level. So... Thank you. And on top of that, on top of the awesome tweet uh, sharing love, I she also included me in her tripod promos last month, which I didn't mention at the time, but I'm I'm doing a big shout out section right now, so thank you again. Because and I and I told her thank you the first time that I heard it because I totally like had that squee moment when I was listening to the story behind and I heard that run I'm like Oh shit, she just mentioned me in her show. So, again, thank you, Emily, because you're awesome and you're like awesome. Yeah, because I can't think of a better word right now. There are not the proper words to describe the awesomeness that is Emily, who is currently on t- going on her break for her baby, like any day now. So, good luck. Uh, it, I know she's, she's, she's smart. So she pre recorded shows for baby break and stuff like that. But, you know, uh, wish you the best, and I'm looking forward to new shows, and thank you, because, yeah, yeah, smooth transitions, right? Um, <laughs> and last, but certainly not least, uh, to Neil from Ice in the Face, which you might remember was uh, my featured podcast from a few weeks ago, Uh I didn't realize the the recording release schedule proximity between us. The our show, my show dropped. I think it was a Wednesday show, even um, that went out, and I sent out that they were the featured show of the week. And when their show came out that same week, he had already listened to it, and made me what kind of like were my recommended listening or how PRL does their. Uh, uh, pre-recommendations, they do what they call their seal of approval. If you're not already listening to Ice in the Face, you should. I'm just going to say, they're totally not safe for work. But 
back on the point of uh, they, you know, they do kind of their their recommendations or their, hey, you should check out this thing or I approve of this message or whatever, their seal of approval. Well, that particular week, Neil made Odd Dad out his seal of approval after actually listening to the show. And this is so awesome because so often I will get those, hey, thanks for the uh Thanks for the recommendation. Thanks for the review, whatever. But there's no no sign that they actually listen to it, or at least actually listen to the whole show. Um, I know a few weeks back when I got I got a big like tweet storm and a big bump from when I recommended uh, uh, movie maintenance by Sans Pants Radio. I could pretty much guarantee the entire Sans Pants crew listened to the review because when the tweet went out like getting kind of pushed to the sans pants universe it had the timestamp for when the review hit like they fast forwarded to the review because they wanted to hear what i said about their show which is fine i'm like i'm okay with that for a little while i was putting reviews on the soundcloud page just independently so you could check them out there but that's time consuming and kids you know but it was really cool because I could tell he actually listened to the whole show because he was commenting on the the scorpion poisoning myself story and talking about, you know, their particular views of bugs and things compared to I'm cool with everything but scorpions. Fuck scorpions. So awesome. Again, did he actually listen to the show? So and again, somebody who I think is so much better than me so much so far beyond where i'm at again big imposter syndrome whatever but getting recognition from who i feel are way above me is really awesome uh, so thank you to all of you guys to boondoggle and emily from the story behind and neil from ice in the face you guys are all awesome okay on for some, I'm going to call this entertainment news. I don't know. It, it's not technically all entertainment news, but I think I'm going to, I'm going to jump around a little bit. There's a fun story and I'm going to totally, I'm changing, I'm, I'm changing things up on the fly. Okay. You remember that movie Dodgeball? It's like Ben Stiller and his wife, his, I can't remember her name, Jan Brady. Sorry, Marsha Brady, whatever. Um, and, uh, uh, Vince Vaughn. I was like, not Matthew McConaughey. Vince Vaughn. Uh, you know, if you dodge a wrench, you can dodge a dodgeball. So you dodge traffic, you can dodge a ball. Because Rip Torn was fucking great in that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> well, so the the five D's of dodgeball: dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. Well, now there is a a uh, fire department in California who are using that little method and that training for dodgeball to train for firefighting. They are using, they're basically, not basically, they're literally playing dodgeball in their full gear. All their coats, hats, respirators, air tanks, full gear, like 40 pounds of gear that they have to carry and playing dodgeball to train 
for controlling their breathing and conserving their oxygen. This is hilariously brilliant. I don't... Whoever, whoever came up with the idea of playing dodgeball as a training device for firemen needs a raise or promotion. Congratulations, Dave. You just made captain. We're going to build you your own firehouse training facility complete with a, a double size dodgeball court because this is genius. You are, you are, you're thinking outside the box, mister. Now I'm not even saying it's a, like going back to the, it came from the dodgeball movie. It was a funny movie. Now one of my favorites, I'm actually not a big fan of Ben Stiller. Not a big fan of, of Vince Vaughn. He does some good stuff. Ben Stiller, he's Ben Stiller. But I just like the fact that they took dodgeball via the principles of this total sports parody movie and made a real thing. I, I, there's no word to it. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's just funny. It's just, wow. I can't believe they pulled that off, but there's actually a video of them playing dodgeball in full gear in the show notes. Check them out. Go to the webpage. Check out odddata.blogspot.com and there's the little video of them playing dodgeball in their in their big fireman warehouse in their full gear. It's the slowest game of dodgeball you're ever going to see. No lie. Um, from a playing dodgeball perspective, it's kind of sad. But from the fact that they're pl- it's a bunch of firemen in full gear playing dodgeball is hilariously awesome. Okay. Ah... <sighs> Back to my twisted youth. Now, if you've been listening to the show for for a while, you'd understand that I have a twisted sense of humor. I'm kind of a little on... I, 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 I lean a little on the dark side. Not, a, not like I'm a, a sociopath or anything, but I have a twisted, somewhat dark sense of humor. I like horror movies and twisted and, and dark comedies and stuff like this. Well, that being said... It should not surprise you that I grew up reading the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark series. And I think any, anybody who's like in my age read those books as a kid. And if you ever tried to check them out of your library, you, they were usually gone. They were, they were, and they're not scary, air quotes, by like adult standards. But they're very dark. Some of them are hilarious, but they're very dark comedy. Some of them are... I will say there were stories back in the day when, when I was a kid that they gave me nightmares, but I had every one of those stories memorized. Harold or the Wolf Girl or the there were always the songs, and I loved those stories. And I own I currently own all three books. I unfortunately own the the new editions of those books where they changed all of the art, which anybody who is a fan of the original is is blasphemy. The the art in the original books, if you could find them, which is incredibly difficult now. But the original books were, the the art made those stories scary. If you just read those stories completely on their own, not that scary. You really look at But looking at the artwork, the illustrations were so dark. And they they really gave you that, that the imagery. Little, just one little picture 
painted the entire story for you and really it creeped the shit out of me as a kid and even now i mean the the new illustrations are okay but they're they're nothing like the originals that being said the master of horror that he is and the twisted and dark and macabre that he is guillermo del toro is apparently trying to adapt scary stories to tell in the dark as a movie I don't know how this would work out just because it is an anthology book or an anthology series, really, but it could totally work as an anthology movie. You might have to nitpick here and there. It may be a little Tales from the Dark Side, Tales from the Crypt, uh, creep show sort of style movie, which would totally work. I think that would work. Um, to be fair, apparently this story, it popped up in my newsfeed this week. Apparently, when I clicked on the article, the article was from January last year. So it's been over a year since this news came out, but I didn't see it back then. And right now, for me, all that matters is that a great horror director, a great visual director, wants to take one of the most visually dark and twisted stories of all childhood and make a movie out of it. And I realize movie development takes time, and it's it's one of those, like, you know, movies live in development hell. You know, Hellboy 3 sat in development hell until they finally said, no, we're not making it. So, fine. But I, I want this to happen. He, I mean, he's a very busy guy. He's got so much. He's always trying to do a million and one things. And so, I... I I hope this happens, I hope it gets made, and I hope they don't scare him off this project because so many times he's involved in something and then studios get involved and people with the money get involved and it turns into, well, fuck, we can't make it now because there's too many, is it too many cooks in the kitchen? Uh, there's, and in my kitchen, it's anybody but me, but there's too many cooks in the kitchen, there's too many uh, was it too many chiefs and 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 no no Indians, which is my, the the chiefs and Indian too. Whatever, it's a I don't know, but too many people get involved in it, and it makes it more difficult to get things done. And I know movie Hollywood politics is a pain in the ass. Ah, I just nobody fuck with this. I realize, again, it's been over a year and there's been no real news since then, but I don't care. I want it to happen because I think he's probably the only director out there, short of him or maybe Tim Burton. But it's been a while since Tim Burton's done something that dark. But him or maybe Tim Burton to direct and to like create this movie, that would be awesome. But I actually think only them. If one of them does it, this can happen. Anybody else, fuck off. Don't touch it. Like, go the fuck away. Ah. And finally, another little twisted piece of my childhood that I've never really mentioned on the show. Um, again, I grew up in the 90s. And in the 90s, what was the one thing that ruled childhood entertainment in the world? Professional wrestling. That's right. I was a wrestling kid. It's like I was in middle school. What the hell? It was it was the early nineties. I I grew up through the attitude era of the then WWF 
you know, I, my brothers and I were watching uh, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and the Road Warriors and got just so many, you know, we, we, we went through from the early days when Triple H was, you know, before he was the CEO of, of fucking WWE, before he was married to Stephanie McMahon and all that, when he was Hunter Hearst Helmsley, the rich socialite from, from what's the fuck, wherever he was, that's where, you know, that's when we were watching early, early on. You know, the back, we started watching before the Generation X, through the Generation X, and until pretty much every member of that group left the company. But, hands down, my favorite, at this point should be no surprise, was The Undertaker. Because he's just a giant guy, just a giant, intimidating, creepy-ass dude. I mean, he's a long-haired dude, huge guy, all black, just intimidating. And the whole dead man persona was just awesome. He was just a big intimidating guy and he could move. And my biggest, like one of probably the most impressive thing to me about The Undertaker was that he was a big guy who could move. And in, especially in his later years, he he was a boxer. He was a trained boxer. And so he'd come out to the ring very slow, very menacing, you know, have the robes and the hat and the gloves and all that stuff. And he'd come out looking very intimidating, very Undertaker. I'm going to, you know, steal your soul, Undertaker. And then the bell would ring and he'd crouch down and get into a boxing position. And next thing you know, he's going to and this is mid 40 year old undertaker. This is, you know, seasoned. He's nearly retired a couple of times. He's been out with broken necks and broken backs and shit for, you know, multiple stretches. And he's come back and he's gotten back in shape. And now he's coming in boxing. You know, he's, he's always been a, just a massive entertainer and reading into more about his character. He was apparently just like the guy, you know, he was basically the boss behind the scenes, whereas the you know Vince McMahon and the executive they ran like creative, and there were people that were you know doing storytelling. And just so you know, yes, I know it's fake in the matter of it's scripted, matches are arranged, uh, you know things are predetermined, you know things are choreographed. They're still falling, they're still smacking each other. It's still a lot of athleticism. I think uh, when I was listening to PRL this week, they were talking about, and they're like, there's a lot, it's, it's gymnastics and, uh, and athleticism. It's a physical sport. It's an activity. They just inject a lot of drama into it. You know, well, it doesn't matter if the match is choreographed or scripted, they still have to perform these physical feats to put on the show. So these are huge athletes. Well, The Undertaker at 52, uh, apparently this last week at WrestleMania 33, uh, retired. And what was a, a very, I, I just remember seeing, and again, I haven't, I haven't watched wrestling since I was a kid, you know, but knowing that, like seeing The Undertaker at WrestleMania 33 
you know, loses to Roman Reigns, who, if you don't know, is actually uh, the like first cousin to The Rock. Dwayne Johnson, Fast and Furious, he's in every fucking movie around right now, you know, Hollywood's magic man right now, The Rock, it's his cousin. Apparently, like, every fucking, like, uh, Pacific Islander uh, wrestler out there are actually cousins, they're all in the one family, um, but that's a whole other thing, but The Undertaker lost, and after the match... He, you know, got, grabbed his stuff, took off his coat, took off his gloves, laid them in, took off his hat, laid everything in the center of the ring, and walked out. You know, kissed his wife, his, his wife is a wrestler, kissed his wife, and walked out. And just kind of one last, you know, fist in the air to the fans, as basically the entire arena like 70,000 people was crying their eyes out because that is essentially the universal sign of retirement that that was it. And you always go out on your back. That's the rules. It's like the culture of wrestling is that's the rules. You always go out on your back. You lose your last match to give a push to the young guy who needs, you know, that needs to move up somebody who needs to go forward. So this is The Undertaker saying Roman Reigns is the man now. So, I don't know. Uh, But like I said, I'd I'd heard tons of stuff like when it came down to behind the scenes, because he was that veteran, he, he basically ran the backstage. He was the boss when there was like, if there's a fight between guys, if they have interpersonal squabbles that, what do they, what do they call it? A, uh, an outback court, something like that, or a, Something like that. Um, but he... God, I, I totally messed that term up, whatever it is. But he, he basically had that sort of a... Like, he was the jur- he was the judge backstage. He was the man. Was like, you have trouble, you take it to the Undertaker. And he determines right and wrong and, and issues punishments. And sometimes it was just buying a case of beer, whatever. But he issued the punishments and nobody crossed him. He was the man. So for me, I'm like, well, who's going to be the man now? Who is taking over, you know, that position of honor that, you know, we're, after all these years, he is held in such high regard backstage to the crowds that he still gets standing ovations. He shows up at... Because he's a he's a Texas Longhorns fan, and he'll show up. And very recently, he started doing it. But he'll show up to Longhorns games, go out to a football game, and he'll get standing ovations just being there because he's the Undertaker. Uh, you know, decked out in his orange, you know, flashing the horns for for Texas, but he's <laughs> but he's still the Undertaker. Uh, but yeah, for me, it was just like damn. It's, it's, I guess for me, like my wife cried when we saw the last Harry Potter movie. She's like, oh, my, my, my childhood is over. It was such a big part of my childhood. As much as I haven't watched wrestling in God, 10 years, The Undertaker was a huge part of my childhood because he was that, just that, that dark thing. I think I still have The Undertaker's, uh, entrance music from way back in the day on my phone 
just because some of them were just it's a creepy song i mean it's a death march it's a funeral march but it's a it's an epic funeral march because it's the undertaker <laughs> uh and so yeah i'm 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 sad as much as I haven't watched it in forever. I'm sad to see that the Undertaker is retired, because he's still the Undertaker. He's still awesome. I mean, everybody's got to retire. He's 52. He's had a 30-year career. Let him retire. It's fine. But it is absolutely the end of an era in the professional uh, sports entertainment business. And he will absolutely be missed. And it's going to be interesting to see where they go without him. But um, as many have said, thank you, Taker, for all the decades of entertainment and just putting on a great show to the end. All right. Now that I've gotten the uh, fun news out of the way, I'm going to take my first little uh, podcast, Pottern Family promo break, and I will be back with some crazy, weird, stupid people news. What is the Potter family? Hey guys, it's Rad Dad Chad, J Mills, and Lil Man from the Full of Fiber podcast. Hey, this is Bro from the World of Row podcast. Hey, this is Rick from Ice and the Face. This is Eric Mocker from the Mockers podcast. This is Cyanide from the Little Geek Lost podcast. This is Greg from the Sports Dance podcast. Hey, y'all. It's Juliet Miranda from the Unwritable Rant podcast. This is Nick from the Epic Film Guys podcast. This is Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast. This is Matthew McDonough from the Passersby podcast. This is Adam from Everyone Has a Podcast. This is Gareth from the Open All Powers podcast. This is Knox from the Geek Over podcast. We're Josh and David from the Scotch and Flicks podcast. We are you, podcasters coming together in a community to help one another grow. 
So follow us on Twitter at Potter and Family and use the hashtag Potter and Family in your tweets and retweet other people who do the same. Potter and Family, where great podcasts come home. What's happening with the mole man? What, what's happening to the new man? What's happening with the mole man? I don't know the song about the new man. Hey, it's the new man. If you're looking for a new podcast to check out, why not check out what's happening with the new man? With the crazy bad scientists from Australia talking about all sorts of things from gardening to cooking to life at home with your kids. What's happening with the new man podcast is the one for you. Check it out now. It's on iTunes, What's Happening with the New Man, also on Podbeam and all your social media pipes. Make sure you press the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. You don't want to miss this hilarious podcast from Australia, What's Happening with the New Man. Interesting question. I don't know if it's interesting to you. You might think it's awkward as shit. How did you lose your virginity? You're not answering, are you? If you are answering, I'm like, man, you're a little too forward with information. Well, apparently there is a girl who... I I, I say, I'm not 100% sure because... The article says she's apparently Romanian, but she was on TV in the UK. Well, she sold her virginity for two million pounds. She auctioned off the right to take her virginity through a a uh, like escort agency, I guess you could say, website who not only is just an escort agency and hey they're basically they're fronting prostitution but they apparently specialize in this sort of shit they actually have a business model of selling girls virginity and so that being said I don't know why this particular girl make I guess because this girl went on national TV in the UK advertising that she was doing this. And not only that, she got the idea when she was 15. 15. This girl, who is very attractive, I will say, you know what? I I cannot blame the guy, the, the, the Hong Kong businessman who paid two million pounds to sleep with this girl. Can't blame him. I'm not paying $2 million to sleep with this girl, but I'm also married, and I'm sorry, this girl is fucking crazy. Because she got the idea for this after watching Indecent Proposal. Yeah, you know that uh, Demi Moore and Woody Harrelson and like Robert Redford's gonna pay him a million dollars to sleep with his wife? That whole shit? She saw that at 15... And thought, hey, what a great idea. Like, people will pay good money to have sex with a, with a, a pretty girl. So, I'm just going to do that once I, I can legally do that. So, she did. What the fuck, girl? 
you might need you need to go seek some psychological help really for you, for your benefit and all of your loved ones you need to seek psychological help because you are auctioning off your virginity you are literally you are just plunging head first into prostitution because you know what i mean yeah it's 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 money that's that's sitting on a high horse that's that's good money and i'm sure the agency agency the 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 madams or the internet uh pimps that they are uh i'm sure they get a cut but what the fuck really they are again it's an it's an online escort agency so it basically means they're just you know fronting prostitution and and like prostitution in a really seedy underhanded way because they're auctioning off virgins that's what they're doing but i just i can't wrap my head around it and again this it's a pretty girl she's i mean she's very attractive and i could totally see why some lonely miserable schmuck who is into that sort of thing who also totally needs to you know be stuck on to to catch a predator uh, would pay, but she's legal. So the only thing that's illegal about it is the fact that he's paying for sex and it's, it's prostitution and really in so many countries. And, and it's, a, it's a dude from Hong Kong. It's a real rich ass dude from Hong Kong. What is he like? Oh, I'm going to pay to go uh, have sex with some, some white girl from, from Europe. You are so close to legal prostitution. Why are you going to pay like somewhere in a place where it's not legal? Not legal in the UK. I don't know what it's like in Romania. Again, apparently it's girls Romanian. Is prostitution legal in Romania? I don't know. I don't pay attention to international prostitution laws. But I'm pretty sure there are some rules somewhere about internet or like international sex trade that's what this is that's what this is and i'm not coming down on prostitution i'm coming down on stupid teenage girl auctioning off her virginity and skeezy chinese businessman paying two million dollars to sleep with an 18 year old girl it's it's not a crack on prostitution if you if you want to buy a prostitute fine you want to be a prostitute fine stay off drugs don't be stupid. Some people argue prostitution is stupid in general. Whatever. But that's a, that's a service industry thing. Whatever. World's oldest profession. Got it. I'm just like, what the fuck with stupid girl. Perpetually stupid girl. Had this fucking idea for three damn years. That at 15, her fucked up parents didn't say huh, maybe we should talk to her about this because she's really committed to this whole selling her virginity thing. Fucked up. Parents need to be checked at. Girl needs a psychological evaluation and somebody needs to look into this Hong Kong businessman to make sure this girl doesn't disappear somewhere. Because if the girl's willing to sell her virginity, she's very possibly just going to get you know, good old-fashioned shanghaied and stuck in some fucking uh, sex dungeon somewhere. Sorry, that that's how I see this going. I, I see this girl getting kidnapped and locked away in some sex dungeon somewhere and becoming a fucking slave. 
Sorry. She's willing to auction off her virginity. She's willing to just become a sex slave. Sorry. It's just, that's what I see happening. Uh, Speaking of attractive girls wanting to have sex, there's a model. Where are we going with this? There's a model from Italy who went on a sex tour. I guess she was very politically active and there were some uh, votes going around about some constitutional amendments and she was opposed to said constitutional amendments, which I guess it got voted down. Like some 1.9 million people voted this referendum down. And she was so happy and that she decided and announced that she would go around and give oral sex to all of the men who voted down this measure to, uh, to thank them for their vote. And she fucking did it. Now, she didn't go around and hit all 1.9 million people. But... In three months of her her nationwide, all across Italy, uh, sex tour, she pleasured, her words, pleasured over 700 men in three months. And she's proud of this. And, you know, fine. If that's your thing, that's your thing. Like, hey, does that count as selling votes? I mean, technically she was like this. This came up afterwards, but, you know, if she was going around saying, I think... Madonna was doing that shit. The hey, I'll blow you if you vote if you don't vote for Trump. Except this girl came out and she was like, "Thank you for voting down these rule changes that I disagree with. Here's a blowjob." That's basically what she did. And did you have to prove how you voted? Just say you have to like come up with your voter card. See, here's proof that I voted against the thing. Uh, you know, get on your knees. I don't know. But, again, pretty girl. If this girl walked up to me and said, you know, thank you for your vote. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> was that this? I don't know. I don't know if that was necessary. Whatever. Because <laughs> that's what she did. And not only that, she was like, I could have done more if I had more organization. If there was somebody helping me to get things organized and and scheduled i could have done a lot more i was like i wanted to give blowjobs not do organization at least she's not selling it at least she's not out there auctioning it off that's all i can say that's where she's above the other girl she's doing this as a thank you to all of those voters who did there who she politically agrees who agree with her and she's like thank you for your vote have a blowjob i guess <laughs> if that's if that's the way it's going to swing that's the way it's going to swing but okay <laughs> that's all i can say to her she's that's her she's she's a very giving person very giving so yeah, that's her. Okay, enough of the horse. Um, <laughs> into what has to be... And it's, it's two whores and an innocent little girl. I said, that's what I said at the beginning. A five-year-old girl 
was suspended from school. Five-year-old, running kindergarten. Suspended from school for pretending a stick was a gun on the playground. That's right. Stick gun. Who didn't play with stick guns? I had tons of stick guns and stick swords. I grew up in the age of Power Rangers. We Everything was a stick blaster or a stick sword or something. This little girl was playing like princesses and, and knights and whatnot with like king and queen and knight and royal blah, 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 with her friends on the playground and her friends were like the prince and princess and she was the royal guard. So she's the royal guard and she's got her little gun to be the stick stick gun to protect the prince and princess. That's the game they were playing. They were not playing Columbine. They were not playing fucking uh, Virginia Tech or any of that. No, they were playing I'm the guard protecting you, the prince and princess. I'm your secret service. That's what they were playing. And they and they suspended her for that. I know I understand that people are sensitive about guns, but come on, people. And yes, zero tolerance. This isn't zero tolerance. This is like negative 25 tolerance. That even the thought of the thinking that this could once, like, it's a stick. It's a stick that happens to resemble the shape of a gun and it is being played with because it resembles the shape of a gun for what is a positive thing inside the game. She's not the bad guy shooting the good guys. She's the guard protecting the good guys. What's so wrong with that? This is, this is a little girl who's aspiring to protect people. Let her use her stick gun to protect people. Don't be fucking stupid. I'm so tired of all of these stupid laws and these this complete, like, exaggeration of everything. Like, yes, school shootings are terrible. She's a five-year-old girl playing with a stick. She's not shooting anything. She's not plotting to massacre her school. It's a five-year-old girl with a stick. This is right up there with the kid who got suspended for biting his Pop-Tart into the shape of a gun. Or the kid who got suspended for making, for drawing a gun on a piece of paper. Or who folded a, who made like a little paper rubber band gun. It's a fucking paper rubber band gun. He's not going to hurt you. It's going to leave a welt. You might leave a paper cut. Playing with guns, toys, is not going to make you shoot up a school. Your mom, being a complete and total moronic drunk, and taking you out to the shooting range, and and then being like abandoning the fuck out of you, and you having shit tons of psychological disorders, causes you to shoot up schools. You being a complete psychopath... Causes you to school shoot up schools. Don't be a fucktard. That's all I can say. Because people are just blowing so much shit out of proportion when it comes to kids and guns. I had so many toy guns, my dad built me a gun rack. Okay. I had fucking dart guns up the ass. Fucking dart guns. We had a 12-shooter rubber band gun that could probably break skin if you had that bitch on full power. I couldn't take it to school. But you know what? They never stopped us from playing 
And again, I grew up in the South. You played Cowboys and Indians. No shit. We played Cowboys and Indians when I was a kid. And guess what? I live in an area where there's actual Cowboys and actual Indians. Guess what? They don't get offended by that. But what the fuck? It's... Yes, I realized that was 30 years ago. But what the hell are you going to say? We had more common sense in the 90s. You're going to, that's what they're saying is that we basically had more common sense about shit in the nineties than we do in 2017 where you could play Cowboys and Indians and sit there having sword fights with sticks at school. And now a little girl can't pretend to be a Royal guard and use a stick gun. What the hell? Just what the hell? Uh, School administrators and politicians and helicopter parents and fuck y'all. All of you people need to calm the fuck down and let kids have imagination. You know why they, they shoot up the school and play with real guns? Because you didn't let them pretend with the fake guns. You took away the stick gun. Guess what? She found the real thing, asshole. Uh, I hope not. I hope that's not what happens. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, voting sex dungeon for this girl or, or, or school shooting. I'm just saying, leave the little girl alone. It's a five-year-old girl. Leave her alone. Okay. I'm going to calm down. I'm going to get, get some coffee and I'm going to take a quick break and come back to another pre-recorded recommended listening with my wife for Hello from the Magic Tavern. Hi, do you want to Netflix and chill, but you're not popular enough to have a girlfriend? Check out Netflix and Swill, where you can get drunk alone and listen to us ramble on about shit that's on Netflix. I've listened to Netflix and Swill for two whole episodes now, and they've helped cure my incurable loneliness. Thanks, Netflix and Swill, for letting me get so drunk and forgetting about all my problems. You can trust him. He's unbiased. I'm totally not a host for this show. So hop over to netflixandswill.podbean.com or check us out on iTunes. The following podcast is not real. Fantastical parallel dimensions don't exist. There are five lights. Now, enjoy the show. from the Magic Tavern, a weekly podcast from the magical land of Foon. I'm your host, Arnie Niekamp. If you've never listened to the podcast before, this is what's going on. I'm from Earth. I fell through a dimensional portal into the magical land of Foon. I host a podcast in this tavern with a badger and a wizard, and I'm joined, as always, by my buddy, my co-host, Chunt, the king of the badger. Yeah. 
I am Usador, wizard of the twelfth realm of Ephesius, master of light and shadow, manipulator of magical delights, devourer of chaos, champion of the great halls of Tarakis. The elves know me as Fiang Yellock. The dwarves know me as Zonin and Hugstangis. And I am known in the northeast as Gasmuenius Maystar. And listen now, for there are names of such great power that if I were to utter them, Mm-hmm. They would shatter worlds. I, the very stars in the heavens, would fall upon this spoon, set it aflame, and all would be destroyed. But nay, I shall keep these names quiet to myself. And with this great power, I shall defeat the Dark Lord. I, as it is my destiny to do. <laughs> Joining me once again for recommended listening with another show that she turned me on to is my wife, Rihanna. Hello again. And this week we are talking about Hello from the Magic Tavern. Oh my God, I love this show. <laughs> A weekly podcast from the magical land of Foon. <laughs> <laughs> It's so fantastic, you guys. So it's completely, just to like give you a little bit of context. Um, In case you haven't listened to the podcast before, <laughs> here's what's going down. <laughs> um, so the general idea of this podcast is that they are in this make-believe land. Everything is played as that. It's not somebody telling you... It, you are basically, you, you come into this world of make believe with them and you go on this journey with the three main characters who are Arnie, Chunt, and Usador. And they are hilarious and sometimes very, very, very inappropriate. Um, sometimes most of the time, but it's really, <laughs> it's so fun because it's not, it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> it is the weirdest interview show you will ever listen to. It really is. Because it's an interview show, but it's high fantasy because it's a wizard and a shapeshifter and all of the other like trolls and goblins, goblins and, and ooze and a flower. Skeletons. Clax the skeleton. Clax. I love Clax the skeleton. <laughs> flower is, I've heard flower is one of the most popular guests ever. <laughs> flower is hilarious. That's a foul mouthed ass flower. <laughs> But I mean, there, there is really, there's really so many layers to Foon and to the characters and all this, the different, like, the world this magical land, built, yeah. this world that they've built and the rules that exist in this world. Um, I will say it's kind of one of those shows that you do have to listen to it from the beginning to really understand where everything is coming from. Yeah. Um, that being said, it is so worth it. Absolutely. You know, pulling back the curtain on the show, I mean, it is just, it's, these guys are just improvising a fantasy yeah. interview show. They're all, they're all members of an improv group. Um, and it's freaking fantastic. It's like, it, I guess, like, it's just one of those, the rule is that you come in, they say something, they make something up. It then becomes canon. You well, made a I rule. I mean, that's, that's the rule of improv, is you can't say no. You can't repeat. No, but I mean, like, when it comes to, oh, we said that birds do this in Foon. Guess oh, yeah. what? 60 episodes later, birds have to still do that in Foon. Yeah, that's like a thing. <laughs> Usador hates starlings. Which I didn't know was a real bird, and I was so excited at the zoo when we saw them. <laughs> 
uh, but things like that, like how things behave and what, what means what in Foon and learning the, the nuances of yes. Foonish culture. <laughs> and they do, it's very silly the way they work in earth references. Oh, and the, the, I know. The, oh. <laughs> Oh, the cheap puns! There's oh such cheap puns. <laughs> Hold on, you want to you want to uh, pass me some of the low hanging fruit? <laughs> they they really take a lot of advantage of that low hanging fruit. Yeah, but it's so great. And how many episodes was it before you could get through Usador's name? Oh, like three. <laughs> it, he says it like twelve times he in the first. Says it so many times. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to tack, I'm just going to have to tack it on at the end. It's oh, like, I mean, yeah. I've got to just end the show. So hang around till the end to get the full Usador. But. <laughs> well, not the full Usador. Oh, because there are many secret names that you, you may never know. Exactly. But please listen to Hello from the Magic Tavern. It is fantastic, fantastical. And I can almost guarantee, without signing any sort of legal documentation, or you being able to hold me liable for anything, that you will enjoy it. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good on that one. I don't think you're going to get sued for that. Awesome. I'm going to get sued for that. It's my show. Anyway. (laughs) Wait. All of our shit's together. Anything else you'd like to say about, about Arnie, Chunt, and Usador? Listen to them. Oh. Listen to things that I like. (laughs) Listen to things that you like. Now, because we we ran off a bunch of... Who is your favorite guest from... Or what was your favorite episode of Magic Tavern so far? I don't have a favorite episode of Magic Tavern. But I do have a favorite character on Magic Tavern. Mm -hmm. And... Outside of the main three guys. Outside of the main three. I'd have to say Pinglet. Penglet the pig. Or Tannikin. I do like Tannikin, too. Tannikin the Penglet. She is a Penglet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Same thing. That's what she is. Yeah. Tannikin is her name. Yes. Tannikin the Penglet. Tannikin's hilarious. <laughs> now, are we just, talking about... It's going to be over here, guys. <laughs> now, are we talking about... You know, spoiler alert. Are we talking about good Tannikin or Tannikin from the evil alternate dimension? Well... Well... Poor Kano lost those. I guess. She's just as adorable when she's talking about murdering people. She's so cute. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I'll just... I'll, anybody needs a mercy killing, I'll, I'll I'll mercy kill you for it. It's perfectly fine with me. Just, just come over here real quick. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I, I can't pick a favorite, but the most memorable to me is still Flower. I love Flower. <laughs> you have to love Flower. It's great. I to the flower was so vulgar. I almost tuned out with flower. I was like, "Damn, this is where they're going." <laughs> <laughs> Although, clacks and ooze are fantastic. Oh yeah, well. they're great. The play between clacks and ooze is great. <laughs> the <laughs> fact that they are just low-level monsters in a dungeon. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Okay. But that is <laughs> Hello from the Magic Tavern at Hello from the Magic Tavern dot com. Oh, I do love 
the crew from the Magic Tavern. Obviously, my wife does. Um, So check them out everywhere that great podcasts are found, even this one. And, of course, you need to check out the Boondoggle Podcast at theboondogglepodcast.podbean.com. And, of course, if you're not subscribed to the story behind yet, you need to have your head examined. So, again, thank you, Emily. You are awesome. And Neil from Ice in the Face and Sarah, because Sarah's awesome, too. But Neil's the one that was all talking about the show, so, you know, got it directed at him. But thank you to all of you guys for your kind words, because you guys are awesome. And, again, links to all of those shows and all of the recommended listening is at odddadout.blogspot.com where you can catch up on all of the past episodes and subscribe to the show, whether you use iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, or just a generic podcatcher. It's all right there for you. Just click the links at the top. And while you're there subscribing, consider leaving me a review on iTunes if that is the method you choose. And I will absolutely, because I proved it this week, I will give you a shout-out on the show. And you remember, you can always reach me at odddadout at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter at odddadout. And I am actually really quick about responding because outside of my kids, I don't do much. So, for my wife, Rihanna, I am Adam Higgins, the Odd Dad Out. Thank you and good night.